This one's for you, Boston. Boston's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is our f***ing city. Yes, it's our city. It's our podcast. It's our fault that I didn't tell the the people in the room to shush while um, the show intro was playing, guys. My goodness. Does the mic sound weird today? Oh, that, that's yeah. better, right? That sounds pretty good. Okay. Turn that music off. Jimmy, behind the glass. Oh, Max, you don't need that. What do you want to hear? Oh, you just want to hear how the mic sounds? Here, yeah. go ahead. This is an interesting behind-the-scenes peek at the technical aspects of the Boston Podcast, or maybe not. This is David Yaz. I'm your host. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. Um, with me, per usual, is the greatest mediator in the history of when people started first agreeing on things. Since then, the greatest mediator ever is Sarah Worley, and she's here today. And, she uh, is extra, extra, extra neutral. She's so I mean, neutral. She's so neutral. Yeah. Yeah. She's so neutral. She's so neutral. How, how nu- neutral is she? She's so neutral that um, she's voting for Trump and Hillary. No, that's terrible. Yeah, Anybody got a better one? We, we oh. should have planned this ahead of time. She's so neutral I'm that... I'm really uncomfortable. She's <laughs> so <laughs> neutral that she only uses the unisex bathroom. Um, and also... <laughs> and here, again, it's getting worse that was now. That pretty good. She, she's so neutral that Switzerland looked at her and said, Damn! <laughs> Very good, Max. Okay. Max turns the rim shut. And uh, Max Perlman is here of the law firm of Hirsch Roberts Weinstein LLP. We are recording in their studios here in Post Office Square in Boston. It's a, a brisk uh, 36 degrees today or something. What, is that about how cold it is? And there's a big storm coming. Everybody's worried about the storm because we don't have enough to talk about around here. Um, but anyway, we have a guest that will warm your heart today. How's that for a segue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Marlo Fogon, my friend Marlo, who has uh, you've known uh, you and I have known each other since uh, the '90s, early '90s, probably. No, that's not true. Okay, Maybe back like when Marlo was five years old. <laughs> no, is that? No, I've known you since the '90s. Well, I mean, I graduated law school in '93, and you I graduated in '97, and, and I didn't know you till after my first job, which is probably 2000. Okay, so close. '99, 2000. You and I have known each other since. Law school, I think we probably met. Yeah. We didn't, we weren't hanging out. Yeah. uh, yeah. I wasn't cool enough to be invited to Max's parties back then. (laughs) Oh, of course you were. I wasn't either. So, um, (laughs) uh, Marlo is president, founder, managing partner. What do you call yourself? Principal. Principal of Marlo Marketing Communications, which is... No, Marlo Mar- Marketing. Just Marlo Marketing. Yeah. It used to be Marlo Marketing. I know. I've tried to change it on the USA okay. 500 6,000 times that never hold company name. Marlo, Marlo Marketing. Now, Marlo Marketing is one of the premier uh, marketing f- firms in the city, but I, I want to be careful and not say marketing and PR. You don't want me to say that, do you? Or, or, or is that okay? Integrated uh, marketing communication firms. Integrated marketing. Should, should have been any speaking points. Marlo is, um, was educated as a lawyer. I don't know that she's ever actually used the law degree, but it's nice to have. And uh, you're a former employee of the, the Regan Army, the uh, George Regan PR, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you making a face at me? Let the record really reflect. She doesn't want him to get the PR guys. No. 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 What, right. What's wrong with that? No, we'll bleep out the name Regan. No, we won't. Twice now. We won't. Three times. Regan. <laughs> Regan. Re- 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 all right. 
Um, but um, started your own firm. Uh, you're a former winner of the uh, 40 Under 40, Boston Mag, right? Was it? No, uh, Boston BBJ. BBJ yeah. Sorry. Also featured in Boston Mag yeah, for something else. Yeah, that was their... I don't know, most envied Bostonians or something. Yeah. Or just every sassy photo. Like she doesn't have it like up on her wall in her office, I doubt. Yeah. Or something. So. (laughs) (laughs) And your your client. So Marlo, we've all been to Marlo's office, and it's it's quite spectacular. It's amazing. And um, she's got a whole wall of magazine covers framed in which you have placed articles, right, for your clients. And the wall just goes on and on and on. But it's kind of what? How would you describe the office, Max? Uh, modern, sexy, chic. <laughs> um, it, it's yeah. it's just a beautiful, beautiful space. One that I think every lawyer would envy because mm-hmm. we just can't do just because of what our clients expect out of us. We can't do what you got, what you've done. But it is your your office is extremely impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. So let's back. Where did you grow up? When did I grow up? Where did you grow up? I grew when up did in Detroit. <laughs> when did you Detroit. grow up, young lady? <laughs> no, that's five years. I grew up in Detroit, uh, the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. Wow, 313? 313, baby. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, and uh, how'd you get here? I moved here to go to law school. Okay. Yeah, I didn't you? really want to go to law school, mm-hmm. which probably isn't a surprise from my career choice afterwards, okay. but uh, I wanted to live in Boston, and so... And my dad wanted me to go to law school, so I'm like, all right, I either get a job and like support myself, or dad can support me and I can go to law school, and I got into where I wanted to go, so moved to Boston and never looked back. So did you think um, when you were in law school, you were just never going to become a lawyer? Like, at what, what no, point? Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, I really liked tax law, which I found out later from uh, my tax professor that the more creative types tend to go into tax law, because I guess you have to be creative to figure out the loopholes, um, which made sense. I did a master's at the same time in international relations, so I thought about maybe doing some stuff in the European um, community, And but a lot of those jobs were in New York, and I really wanted to stay in Boston. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't work out, and I fell into this. So before we go any further, we should point out that we're Max and I are enjoying a beverage that, um, that Marlo brought. Hey, let's have a sound effect. What's this called? <laughs> Farmer Willie's Alcoholic Ginger Beer. Okay, tell us about It's a new product. It yeah. actually hasn't launched yet. There was a soft launch last summer, and we'll Is be Is it approved by the FDA, or oh, yeah. are we taking our license <laughs> our hands right now? It's yes. approved. Hello, it's guinea pigs. Formula. You told us if we take the lid out, they'll let us start to sell it. So. Yeah, all right, so first of all, we have to tell you that they're, they're in aluminum cans, are they also in, in bottles yeah. or just aluminum cans? Just cans. So the can, first off, is very cool because it's, I'm colorblind. Is that blue or black? It's, blue, it's like a metallic blue and orange. This actually okay. is uh, not the actual can. That when We, we launched this in, oh. we're going to launch it in April. So this is just a t- uh, sort of This should be the actual type. can. This is cool. It's it very creative. Cool. It's got, so Farmer Willie's, it's got on the back, you can see there's a small logo of Farmer Willie. He looks sort of like grizzly adams like mm. and um and then on the front is like his beard but only like from the nose down well, and it's all the way mm-hmm. yeah it's all the way at the top of the can it just looks cool farmer so he's, you a, do he's a real dude by the way he's not my farm no uh, he's a uh, goat farmer mm-hmm. in goat charlestown farmer. In it, said, it says Cape. produced and canned in charlestown mass well that's the brewery where they make it but <laughs> farmer Willie's down in truro so are you doing the look and feel for the for the branding or? Not doing the look or? and feel. No, yeah. it's actually it's a pretty interesting story. Um, 
that I don't know all that well yet because they're a new client. So okay, no, that's all right. <laughs> cut this out if I don't get no, it. No, that's right. all right. Um, no, he's a goat farmer, uh, and there's two kids. They're, they're brown. They're seniors are brown, and one of them is good friends with Willie's family. And Willie has been making this ginger beer out of his kitchen for years. And finally, they said, you know, we should turn this into a product. And so these two kids at Brown, uh, Nico and Max, started it last summer and found the, the brewery, which is in Charlestown. They're moving it um, for later this year. And they brought in the designer is a RISD student. So it's all very um, sort of grassroots, but they're cool. they're uh, on the path, and they've been in, they've already gotten in some great on-premise and off-premise, um, even in their test markets. And so we'll be launching it formally in the spring. Max, how would you describe the taste? Um, so if you've ever had ginger ale, it's nothing yeah. like that. It actually Not, this actually it tastes, tastes like ginger. ginger. Mm -hmm. It tastes yeah. like it, it tastes like a a seven and seven with some. With a stronger ginger. Yeah, taste. make it dark and stormy with this, and it's yeah. delicious. Yeah. Actually, Bill yeah. Murray tried it. Bill Murray was at some event these kids were at, mm -hmm. and uh, I shouldn't call them kids, young men, young gentlemen, young entrepreneurs. And Bill Murray had a uh, dark and stormy with it, and said it was the best dark and stormy he's ever oh, had. Wait, I don't get it. A dark, I thought a dark and stormy was um, ginger like two beer. different kinds of beer. Oh, it's always ginger beer? It's ginger and beer and oh. Yeah. What am I thinking but of? Oh, I'm thinking of a black and tan. Never mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but generally, the ginger beer isn't really alcoholic. It's Right. Like a ginger soda almost. Yeah, so it actually says Farmer Willie's alcoholic ginger beer, which I'm sure they, they are required to do. Um, so that's cool. So like, how do you get a, th this seems like, is this the kind of client you like to work with? We have, you know, we're a very broad consumer practice. We have everything from assisted living facilities to financial firms to law firms to food and beverage products to restaurants. So we really do everything except hardcore tech and investor relations. Anything else? bring it on. And so we have a really big um, food and beverage practice. Narragansett Beer has been a client for years. Pretzel crisps, you know, those flat pretzels you get in the deli. I met the um, Narragansett Beer guys, you should know this, yeah. um, uh, at Fenway. So uh, it, I happen to have good seats this day, and, and these guys did too. And I just noticed there were these three guys, and they were buying Narragansett beers. For, like they'd hear somebody say, can I have a Budweiser? And they'd go, no, no, no. Hey, buddy, I'll, I'll buy you a Narragansett for, you know, you have it yeah. for free. And they were just so enthusiastic about the product, and I started saying, well, are you guys affiliated with Narragansett? And the one guy looks at me and points to the other guy and goes, that guy's the owner. And I go, seriously? So I, I meant to actually get in touch with them. I was going to have them in the podcast, but I, I just kind of forgot. But um, we have somebody you can help us with that now. Yeah, who are those guys? Mark. That must have been Mark Hallendrung. Mark's, Mark. the, Mark's the, yeah, Mark. Um, What's his last name? Hallendrung. Helen D-R-U-N-G. Oh, Helen Drew. Yeah, so you Hard know the story of Narragansett. It was a yeah. uh, you know, great regional beer. It was the beer of New England, and then it fell into the wrong hands, and they turned it into crap. And then about 10 years ago, Mark used to be with Nantucket Nectars, and he was in a bar in Rhode Island where he's from. I love how you describe it as <laughs> Narragansett beer, beer fell into the wrong hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> and things went awry. But it did. It became like a really crap crap beer. Yeah, it was called Nasty Nary. That was its yeah. nickname, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so Mark was in a bar, and they were just, he was just one night, I don't know, why. I want something to share a drink, and people started reminiscing about Narragansett, and it's like, if there's this much brand equity and, and sort of passion for this brand all these years after, so we looked into it, and he, he got a group of investors together and um, and brought it back. Got a, cool. He got the original um, brewmaster, who knew the original recipe, and uh, now it's, it's killing it. And they're making it a few different kinds, right? Like they have a shandy. shandy. And they, right? and I, I've, got a, I've got a suggestion. Yeah. 
So um, I, th I think the, one of the most popular kinds of microbrew now is, is the IPA. Yeah. They should come up with an IPA they called an Nasty, Nasty Nairies. It's called a double one. IPA. That's really, really bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the name back. You're giving yeah. her that one for Marlo's free. actually writing this down now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm if by writing it down, you mean kind of looking off exactly. in the opposite direction. <laughs> they um, have their uh, town, what's it called? Town Beach IPA, I think. Yeah, no, they've got, I mean, they've got their lager, the light, and they have a ton of crafts, and they're killing it, winning all sorts of awards. Right. It's a really, really good beer. So what do you do, like, what do you do for them, for if you could tell us? Yeah. We do all of their public relations. So anytime right. you read about Narragansett in a magazine, and in a newspaper, um, we have had some great, this past year has just killed it. I mean, Bloomberg Business Week did a huge story on um, Narragansett taking over the world. I forget the headline, but it was pretty much that. Um, so anytime you read about Narragansett or see Narragansett on TV, mm -hmm. that's us. You're placing that. We're placing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and does, does that require, like, uh, like my experiences with PR is, well, I mean, I work for Lawyers Weekly, so I was on the other side, but we had a PR guy for us. And it was much of it was just um, uh, you know incident based, like something would happen, and then they would get us out as a legal expert. So, but so you had to act quickly, you know, and call the reporter back quickly and all that. Something like this, you probably uh, is it like a long cycle? Like it, t it takes a while. You 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 know you're calling people, pitching stories to magazines. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean PR, and that's why most any good PR person. Here's a lesson for you listeners. Oh. If a PR person comes and right says, I'll work for a month, run the other way. You're wasting your money. Because mm -hmm. PR takes time. Media relations, PR is so many things. PR and media relations are often inter intermixed. Um, media relations is one component of what, of what public relations is. And that's basically the process of influencer relations with journalists. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, today there's influencer relations with bloggers or podcast hosts or you know mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so yeah, you know. I would we, love it if somebody wanted to have influencer relations with me. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. uh -huh. We always say to our clients, we do better work for them after six years and six months, not because we're working any harder or smarter or better, but because we've had six years to build that foundation. And so Narragansett, we've worked with them since the beginning, since the relaunch, and it's just you keep building on it every year. Instead of hey, I need to introduce you to this product it's hey you know this product and look what they're doing now and so um, yeah there's there can be a long lead time go ahead Sarah Sarah has a question I, I actually don't oh. I have um, <laughs> I have an observation if I may yeah. so one of the really interesting things about that, uh -huh. that's hurtful <laughs> one of the interesting things about Marlo that I think she is too modest to discuss is um, for me when I go around the city to different events political events, kind of popular events, whatever. Um, if Marlo, Marlo's there, generally, if she's not there, people are talking about her. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if she actually has an understanding of how she is viewed as an influencer in Boston, because she really is, and particularly among women. Mm -hmm. And no, she people, knows it. She knows it. I think she knows it. Okay, Max. She's, she's sitting right here. We can ask her. <laughs> No, you are. Hum you are. I don't know if humble is the word. Understated. It's somewhere like between humble and aloof. That's what you are. <laughs> well, I think those are two completely different things. Okay, I know, but but, yeah. but I was still talking. So, um, the hold the, on. Yeah, All right, go ahead. keep going. Go ahead. All right. Here we go again. <laughs> and we'll be taking a break. The uh, uh, listeners and uh, the Marlowe mistake is that she's 
she's incredibly insightful. She's incredibly intelligent, but she is always kind of goal focused and business, 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 but in a very positive goal way. So, give me an example. Um, sure. I, I we bumped into one another at a uh, celebration after the swearing in of a governor's counselor. Nobody goes to these. Well, and you guys both went to that. We did. Who was it? Who was the counselor? Um, Joe Ferreira, District okay. 1. Yeah. And I was there because I am from District 1, and I have a vested interest in who my governor's counselor is. I had absolutely no idea why Marlo was there. Right. but I didn't even know what the governor's council was. I heard there was going to be free wine. So. And, yet, <laughs> and yet, as she's at this reception, people see her, react to her being there, and are clearly positioning themselves so they can talk to her next. And... And to me, again, that that is the mark of somebody who is well, you're making known her sound like Madonna or as Oprah. Being um, an influence. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, she's somebody who, if she's representing you, you are in a very, very good place, and you're also in a place with somebody who has incredibly current taste and an understanding of what is going on mm-hmm. now and what is going to be going on in five years, ten years, because she's always got this plan going. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people who, who position themselves as I'm a PR expert, they were an expert on what was happening about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. And Marlo is, again, I mean, she's viewed as, as one of the leading women in the city. So. So, no, yeah, no, that was good. How would you grade that pitch right there? Yeah. I was going to say, Max, I thought you said before we started, no pitching. And I don't know, I feel like I, owe Sarah, like I have to send her a check now. Thank you very no. much. That was so kind. You just pitched, you just pitched more than Roger Clemens did in, in when he was on, on the juice. This is supposed um, to be like a T-ball so, game. No pitching. Yeah. Come on. Okay, well, so, wait, hold on. I have a question. I will pick up on your... Um, your lovely pitch for Marlo and you add a question. That, no, the big question is, is is how how do you do it and how did you do that? It's a question I've always had about you. Not that um, we aren't impressed by everything you're about, but you put together uh, that firm in in what I would call rapid fashion. So so like in other words, how many employees do you have now? About thirty-five. And that's I take it the high water mark. Thirty-five. High water mark? No, it's got. I gotta no. double it. No, no. I mean, what does that mean? It, to date, I mean. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and you, and you. Now, you guys can't see Marla, but she's a young woman. I mean, um, you don't have to say how old you are, but you're like barely forty. So, um, and to do that in the amount of time, <laughs> to do that in the amount of time you did is very impressive. I mean, I'm looking at you guys. Is, is everybody with me on this? I mean. You know, the, the it, it takes to me. It t- I think it takes decades to build uh, a, a firm and, and a reputable one like that. So that's the question. How did you do it? I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could answer it. You answer that question, yeah. and I don't know. Give you like the steps, but you know, people always say that if you're, you know, Boston's such a sort of homegrown um, place, and you need to sort of be from here and have connections. And I moved here, and I didn't know anybody. Um, and then when I, I developed my my networks with law school, and then as soon as I graduated, everybody left, everybody moved to New York, so I didn't really have much left um, from that, so I just started sort of all over again um, when I graduated, and I don't know. It's scary in a city like this, isn't it? Because you you do feel like you have to be tied in in order to get some traction. Yeah, you know, and so, but but at the same time, I think that I'm a perfect example of how it's, can I swear on this? Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Because, again, I knew nobody, I have no family here, I moved here with no friends, and you know, I think you have to be. I think you have to put yourself out there. I think you have to 
be do it in an authentic way mm-hmm. you know I've had people you know approach me and you can tell they're just you know looking for for ways Something. to benefit for them yeah. and somebody that I used to work for I mean when I worked for other people for about four years before I started the company it was just it was so transparent that every conversation was about how is this benefiting me and I don't think I think when you when you think about how you can benefit other people it's if people feel it and there's an authenticity and I think people appreciate that mm-hmm. but now you know what it's like to be me because I get these messages from very interesting people so-and-so called you he'd really like to talk to you and I think wow he wants to talk to me and I call him back he said do you know Marla Fogelman oh, could you introduce me oh stop wait really that's what thank you <laughs> yeah great let me so get your number for you. You talked about relationships and it takes a long time to build them with the media and then you finally get that hit, right? So you're gonna after we listen to this, you're gonna tell us how you placed this particular media hit. Take a listen to this. In Massachusetts, nearly nine thousand confirmed flu cases. Businesses are now trying to keep healthy workers on the job. Marlowe Marketing is going all natural, turning five o'clock happy hour Cheers, Cheers, AJ. into a wheatgrass toast, even serving up kale salads with fresh garlic in hopes of boosting staff immune systems. I haven't been sick. I can't tell you the last time I took a sick day. And in Utah, health workers are preparing for the Sundance Film Festival. So that, that was probably about the extent they used to. Say, but that was a national news segment, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. And it suddenly, was you're an ex- suddenly you're an expert on kale salad and avoiding the flu and not being sick. So, and and you're going natural. I mean, wasn't that, a, wasn't that a line from The Devil Wears Prada? I mean, I never get sick. <laughs> I've never taken a sick day. Right. Get right. up to your get back to your desk, Anne Hathaway. So. Yeah, like, how, like uh, it was, that's just from your relationships with those uh, national reporters that they... No, you. but again, I mean, I think it comes back to authenticity, you know? I mean, the way that I've grown the practice, you know, and some people say, well, aren't you kind of too broad because you have so many so many spaces that you work in? And, marketing sorry about that. And I keep hitting the Marlowe Marketing is going natural thing. It has a nice ring to it. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, and it... it Again, it comes from finding the right people. And I think what I learned early on in my career, um, you know, I was fortunate enough for my first client um, was Starbucks Coffee. And, you know, while I wasn't curing cancer, you know, it was a good cup of coffee and I could explain to somebody why and, and what they were doing. And um, when I was at another company and they tried to put me on an account that I just couldn't get behind, I think I realized for the first time that in order to be successful in PR, you really need to believe in and be passionate about whatever it is you're representing. And so my first employer used to call me out one time in a meeting, and I was probably six months a year in, all staff, 50 people around a room for marrying the client. And I was like, wait, what? I, I didn't marry anybody, time out. But it, it's really that you know connection and, and really believing in the client. And so I built the business and the divisions that we have today, the eight divisions, based on people's passions. And so my health and wellness practice, that's a space that I, I'm a restaurant publicist, that's how I started. Um, and so, but personal interest and passion for me is health and wellness and finding alternative ways to um, to let the body heal itself. Mm-hmm. And so the wheatgrass, and that was all something that we did. And I don't know, somebody, there was an, something out there and we're like, oh, we should apply, we should, you know, pitch ourselves for this. And it came, it came to that. So the wellness series, we, we, uh, those of us in the room, we attended the session on, uh, meditation. Um, I'm not any calmer because of it, but I'm Have you been meditating every day? I try. Have you been meditating every day? No. Well, then there you go. You can't come and not do it. But the health and wellness series, a perfect example. Look behind you right now. What are we looking at? There's a guy with no shirt on in the in the in this oh office building. Are you serious? Yeah. Where? Where? Right there. Right there. He's oh, I don't have the angle. Oh my God! What is he doing? That's so weird. 
But yeah. so there's, and then there's another dude, and they're, what are they, I don't think I want to know what's going to happen next. I think he's ironing his shirt. No, no, that must be one, of, it must be, he must be like a, a Jay Hilburn guy fitting, <laughs> fitting him for his shirt, right? Is that what's happening? I have no idea. <laughs> That's or awesome. He's, or he's I can't see from my insurance company physical where they have to take your blood pressure. That could be it. Yeah, he's, the guy's handing him a shirt. Right. He's a shirt salesman. And these guys are waving to us. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the shirt the shirtless guy's waving oh, to you now? Oh, a different guy. The shirtless guy has disappeared. He's hidden. He's hidden. All right. That's so funny. You yeah. never know what's going to happen on the Boston podcast. <laughs> um, and Boston is a really exciting place. Can I just make yeah, that? <laughs> Meanwhile, Max just left the room. Is he going over to see what's going on or talk to the shirtless guy? Uh, so uh, The Health and Wellness Series is a good yeah. example, right? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I'm always curious about, um, you know, learning more about health and wellness. And there's so many things that I don't know. I've just started seeing, and I've done acupuncture for years, but I just started seeing a new acupuncturist who actually incorporates craniosacral therapy, which I still don't really 100% know what that means. Um, and also, she's kind of a medium, and so she can actually feel. Anyway, it, so I'm always looking for new things, and so we said, well, why don't we, kind of selfishly, honestly, for myself, put together the series where it's open for my staff, so it gives them an opportunity. Because if I knew, if I knew 20 years ago what I know now, I'd be mm -hmm. even, you know, look even younger. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, you know, we put the series together last year, and we opened it to the public, and we've had some really great response. They so if people want to find out about that, can have how yeah, they, they can go to marlomarketing.com backslash wellness. Okay. Um, yeah, and so then this the winter spring series is launching in February. We've got a hands-on raw chocolate making class in Ooh, the office hello. in February. Um, yeah, we've got that. We've got one on bone broth, which I don't really know too much about, but I was told this morning at the doctor, my alternative doctor, I should be drinking more of it. So I'm excited for bone that broth. one. And Can I just eat the chocolate? What does raw chocolate mean? So raw chocolate is, so chocolate's a health food. Um, it can be, oh. you know, when they <laughs> mix it with, you know, tons of sugar and milk and chemicals and all that, it, it becomes much less so. But so raw chocolate is... Um, I don't really exactly. It's like raw cacao powder, raw cocoa butter, mm -hmm. and you can make all sorts of different things with it. Mm -hmm. Cool. So. Uh, let's uh, let's take a break. More good chocolate talk on the other side. No, we'll uh, we might play a game with Marlo. Find out more about the secrets to her success. Try to get her to drop some names, all the famous people, and all these fancy circles that she travels in. And then um, we're going to enjoy some of this. Uh, what do we got here? Quinoa chips. Another one here. Seven quinoa yeah. chips. Yeah, uh -huh. that's one of our clients. They just came out with a new kale chip. It's the first kale potato chip. They're delicious. It's like the crunchiest thing in the world. Please join us on the other side. The Boston Podcast. Check us out online. TheBostonPodcast.com So, what were we talking about? So, we were talking about law school and stuff. So, so, uh, I screwed up my company now. Marlo, Marlo Marketing. Now, Marlo Marketing is one of the premier uh, marketing f firms in the city, but I, I want to be careful and not say marketing and PR. You don't want me to say that, do you? Or, or, or is that okay? Integrated uh, marketing communication firms. Integrated marketing. You should have written your speaking points. Marlo is, um, was educated as a lawyer. I don't know that she's ever actually used the law degree, but it's nice to have. And uh, you are a former employee of the the Regan Army, the uh, George Regan PR, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you making a face at me? Let the record reflect. Really doesn't want him to get the PR guys. No. 
No, no. Right. What, what's wrong with that? No, we'll bleep out the name Regan. No, we won't. Twice now. We will. Three times. Regan. <laughs> Regan. Re- 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 All right. Um, but um, started your own firm. Uh, you're a former winner of the uh, 40 Under 40, Boston Mag. Right? Was it no? Uh, Boston BBJ. BBJ yeah. Sorry. Also BBJ. featured in Boston Mag. Yeah, that for something was else. their, I don't know, most envied Bostonians or something. Yeah. You or sexy, sexy photo. Like she doesn't have it like up on her wall in her office. I doubt. Yeah. Or something. So. <laughs> and your your client. So Mar- Marlo, we've all been to Marlo's really office, not, and it's it's quite spectacular. It's it, amazing. And really. um, she's got a whole wall of magazine covers framed in which you have placed articles right for your clients and the wall just goes on and on and on but it's kind of what how would you describe the office max uh modern sexy chic <laughs> um it, it's yeah. it's just a beautiful beautiful space one that i think every lawyer would envy because mm-hmm. we just can't do just because of what our clients expect out of us we can't do what you got what you've done but it is your your office is extremely impressive thank you yeah it's amazing so let's back where did you grow up when did I grow up? Where did you grow up? I grew up when did in you Detroit. Grow up? <laughs> when are you going to grow up, young lady? In the last five years. I grew up in Detroit, uh, the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. Wow, 313? 313, baby. Yeah, That's right. right. Um, and uh, how'd you get here? I moved here to go to law school. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really want to go to law school, mm-hmm. which probably isn't a surprise from my career choice okay. afterwards, but uh, I wanted to live in Boston, and so... And my dad wanted me to go to law school, so I'm like, all right, I either get a job and like support myself, or dad can support me and I can go to law school. And I got into where I wanted to go, so moved to Boston and never looked back. So did you think um, when you were in law school, you were just never going to become a lawyer? Like at what, what no, point? No, okay. no, I, I didn't know that. Um, I really liked tax law, which I found out later from uh, my tax professor that the more creative types tend to go into tax law because I guess you have to be creative to figure out the loopholes, um, which made sense. I did a master's at the same time in international relations, so I thought about maybe doing some stuff in the European um, community, And but a lot of those jobs were in New York, and I really wanted to stay in Boston. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't work out, and I fell into this. So before we go any further, we should point out that we're Max and I are enjoying a beverage that, um, that Marlo brought. Hey, let's have a sound effect. What's this called? <laughs> Farmer Willie's Alcoholic Ginger Beer. Okay, tell us about It's a new product. It yeah. actually hasn't launched yet. There was a soft launch last summer, and we'll Is be Is it approved by the FDA, or oh, yeah. are we taking our license <laughs> our hands right now? It's yes. approved. Hello, it's guinea pigs. Farm you told us if we take the lid out, they'll let us start to sell it. So. Uh, all right, yeah, so first of all, we have to tell you that they're, they're in aluminum cans, are they also in, in bottles yeah. or just aluminum cans? Just cans. So the can, first off, is very cool because it's, I'm colorblind. Is that blue or black? It's, blue, it's like a metallic blue and orange. This actually okay. is uh, not the actual can. That when We, we launched this in, oh. we're going to launch it in April. So this is just a t- uh, sort of This should be prototype. the actual can. This is cool. It's it very creative. Cool. It's got, so Farmer Willie's, it's got on the back, you can see there's a small logo of Farmer Willie. He looks sort of like grizzly adams like mm. and um and then on the front is like his beard but only like from the nose down oh, and it's all the way mm-hmm. yeah it's all the way at the top of the can it just looks cool farmer so he's, you a, do he's a real dude by the way oh, yes. he's, really a real guy. Your farmer? he's not my farm no uh, he's a uh, goat farmer oh. mm-hmm. in goat charlestown farmer. 
in it says, it says the Cape. produced in Camden, Charlestown, Mass. Well, that's the brewery where they make it, but <laughs> Farmer Willie is down in Truro. So, um, are you doing the look and feel for the for the branding? Not doing the look or? and feel. No, yeah. it's actually it's a pretty interesting story. Um, that I don't know all that well yet because our new clients. So okay, that's <laughs> I'll all right. Cut this out if I don't get no, it. No, that's right. all right. Um, no, he's a goat farmer, uh, and there's two kids. They're, they're brown. They're seniors of brown, and one of them is good friends with Willie's family. And Willie has been making this ginger beer out of his kitchen for years. And finally, they said, you know, we should turn this into a product. And so these two kids at Brown, uh, Nico and Max, started it last summer and found the, the brewery, which is in Charlestown. They're moving it um, for later this year. And they brought in the designer is a RISD student. So it's all very um, sort of grassroots, but they're cool. they're uh, on the path, and they've been in, they've already gotten in some great on-premise and off-premise, um, even in their test markets. And so we'll be launching it formally in the spring. Max, how would you describe the taste? Um, so if you've ever had ginger ale, it's nothing yeah. like that. It actually Not, this actually it tastes, tastes like ginger. ginger. Mm -hmm. It tastes yeah. like it, it tastes like a a seven and seven with some. With a stronger ginger. Yeah, make it dark and stormy with this, and it's yeah. delicious. Yeah. Actually, Bill yeah. Murray tried it. Bill Murray was at some event these kids were at, mm -hmm. and uh, I shouldn't call them kids, young men, young gentlemen, young entrepreneurs. And Bill Murray had a uh, dark and stormy with it, and said it was the best dark and stormy he's ever oh, had. Wait, I don't get it. A dark, I thought a dark and stormy was um, ginger like two beer. different kinds of beer. Oh, it's always ginger beer? It's ginger and beer and oh. Yeah. What am I thinking but of? Oh, I'm thinking of a black and tan. Never mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but generally, the ginger beer isn't really alcoholic. It's Right. Like a ginger soda almost. Yeah, so it actually says Farmer Willie's alcoholic ginger beer, which I'm sure they, they are required to do. Um, so that's cool. So like, how do you get a, th this seems like, is this the kind of client you like to work with? We have, you know, we're a very broad consumer practice. We have everything from assisted living facilities to financial firms to law firms to food and beverage products to restaurants. So we really do everything except hardcore tech and investor relations. Anything else? bring it on. And so we have a really big um, food and beverage practice. Narragansett Beer has been a client for years. Pretzel crisps, you know, those flat pretzels you get in the deli. I met the um, Narragansett Beer guys, you should know this, yeah. um, uh, at Fenway. So uh, it, I happen to have good seats this day, and, and these guys did too. And I just noticed there were these three guys, and they were buying Narragansett beers. For, like they'd hear somebody say, can I have a Budweiser? And they'd go, no, no, no. Hey, buddy, I'll, I'll buy you a Narragansett for, you know, you have yeah. it for free. And they were just so enthusiastic about the product, and I started saying, well, are you guys affiliated with Narragansett? And the one guy looks at me and points to the other guy and goes, that guy's the owner. And I go, seriously? So I, I meant to actually get in touch with them. I was going to have them in the podcast, but I, I just kind of forgot. But um, we have somebody are, you can help us with that now. Yeah, who are those guys? Mark. It must have been Mark Hallendron. Mark's, Mark. The, Mark's the, yeah, Mark. Um, What's his last name? Hallendrung. Helen D-R-U-N-G. Oh, Helen Drew. Yeah, so you know the story of Narragansett. It was a yeah. uh, you know, great regional beer. It was the beer of New England, and then it fell into the wrong hands, and they turned it into crap. And then about 10 years ago, Mark used to be with Nantucket Nectars, and he was in a bar in Rhode Island where he's from. I love how you describe it as <laughs> Narragansett beer, beer fell into the wrong hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> and things went awry. But it did. It became like a really crap crap beer. Yeah, it was called Nasty Nary. That was its yeah. nickname, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so Mark was in a bar, and they were just, he was just one night, I don't know, why. I want something to share a drink, and people started reminiscing about Narragansett, and it's like, if there's this much brand equity and, and sort of passion for this brand all these years after, so we looked into it, and he, he 
got a group of investors together and um, and brought it back. Pretty uh, cool. He got the original um, brewmaster who knew the original recipe, and uh, now it's, it's killing it. And they're making it a few different kinds, right? Like they have a bond, and, and they. Right? I've got a sec- I've got a suggestion. Yeah. So, um, I, th- I think the one of the most popular kinds of microbrew now is, is the IPA. Yeah. They should come out with an IPA they called have an Nast- IPA. Nasty Nairies. It's called a double one. IPA. That's really really bitter. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah not a bad idea. Bring the name back. You giving yeah. her that one for Marlo's free. actually writing this down now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm. If sure. by writing it down, you mean kind of looking off exactly. in the opposite direction. <laughs> They have their uh, town, what's it called? Town Beach IPA, I think. Yeah, no, they've got, I mean, they've got their lager, the light, and they have a ton of crafts, and they're killing it, winning all sorts of awards. It's a really, really good beer. So what do you do, like, what do you do for them, for if Narragansett, you could tell us? Yeah. We do all of their public relations. So anytime you read about Narragansett in a magazine, and in a newspaper, um, we have had some great, this past year has just killed it. I mean, Bloomberg Business Week did a huge story on um, Narragansett taking over the world. I forget the headline, but it was pretty much that. Um, so anytime you read about Narragansett or see Narragansett on TV, mm-hmm. that's us. You're placing that. We're placing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and does does that require like uh, like my experiences with PR is well, I mean, I work for Lawyers Weekly, so I was on the other side, but we had a PR guy for us, and it was much of it was just. Um, uh, you know, incident-based, like something would happen, and then they would get us out as a legal expert. So, but so you had to act quickly, you know, and call the reporter back quickly, and all that. Something like this, you probably uh, is it like a long cycle? Like it, t- it takes a while. You 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 know, you're calling people, pitching stories to magazines. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, PR, and that's why most any good PR person. Here's a lesson for you listeners. Oh. If a PR person comes and Write says, "I'll work for a month." run the other way you're wasting your money because PR takes time. media relations PR is so many things PR and media relations are often inter intermixed um, media relations is one component of what of what public relations is and that's basically the process of influencer relations with journalists mm-hmm. um, now of course today there's influencer relations with bloggers or podcast hosts or you know whatever um, so yeah, you know. I'd love it if somebody wanted to have influencer relations with me. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah no. uh-huh. We always say to our clients, we do better work for them after six years and six months, not because we're working any harder or smarter or better, but because we've had six years to build that foundation. And so Narragansett, we've worked with them since the beginning, since the relaunch, and it's just you keep building on it every year. Instead of hey, I need to introduce you to this product, it's hey, you know this product, and look what they're doing now. And so. Um, yeah, there's there can be a long lead time. Go ahead, Sarah. Sarah has a question. I, I actually don't. I oh. have um, <laughs> I have an observation, if I may. Yeah. So one of the really interesting things about that, uh-huh. that's hurtful. <laughs> one of the interesting things about Marlo that I think she is too modest to discuss is, um, for me, when I go around the city to different events, political events, kind of popular events, whatever. Um, if Marlo, Marlo's there, generally, if she's not there, people are talking about her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she actually has an understanding of how she is viewed as an influencer in Boston. Because she really is. And particularly among women. Mm-hmm. And no, she people, knows it. She knows it. I think she knows it. Okay, Max. She's, she's sitting right here. We can ask her. <laughs> 
No, you are. Hum- you are. I don't know if humble is the word. Understated. It's somewhere like between humble and aloof. That's what you are. <laughs> I think those are two completely different things. Okay, I know, but but, yeah. but I'm still talking. So, um, the hold on. Yeah, here we go. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Here we go again. And we'll be taking a break. The uh, uh, listeners and uh, the Marlowe mistake is that she's. She's incredibly insightful. She's incredibly intelligent, but she is always kind of goal-focused and business, 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 but in a very positive goal way. So, Give me an example. Um, sure. I, I, we bumped into one another at a uh, celebration after the swearing-in of a governor's counselor. Nobody goes to these. Well, and you guys both went to that? We did. Who was it? Who was the counselor? Um, Joe Ferreira, District okay. 1. Yeah. And I was there because I am from District 1, and I have a vested interest in who my governor's counselor is. I had absolutely no idea why Marlowe was there. Right. but I didn't as, even know what the governor's council was. I heard it was going to be don't. free wine. So. And, yet, <laughs> and yet, as she's at this reception, people see her, react to her being there, and are clearly positioning themselves so they can talk to her next. And... And to me, again, that that is the mark of somebody who is. You're making her sound like Madonna or Oprah. Um, An influencer. No, I agree. I mean, she's somebody who, if she's representing you, you are in a very, very good place, and you're also in a place with somebody who has incredibly current taste and an understanding of what is going on mm-hmm. now and what is going to be going on in five years, ten years, because she's always got this plan going. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people who, who position themselves as I'm a PR expert, they were an expert on what was happening about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. And Marlo is, again, I mean, she's viewed as, as one of the leading women in the city. So. So, no, yeah, no, that was good. How would you grade that pitch right there? Yeah. I was going to say, Max, I thought you said before we started, no pitching, and I don't know, I feel like I, just under, like I have to send her a check now. Thank you very no. much, that was so kind. She just pitched, you just pitched more than Roger Clemens did in, in when he was on, on the juice. This is supposed um, to be like a t-ball so, game, no pitching. Yeah. Come on. Okay, well, <laughs> so wait, hold on, I have a question, I will pick up on your... Um, your lovely pitch for Marlo and you add do a question. That, no, the big question is 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 how how do you do it and how did you do that? It's a question I've always had about you. Not that um, we aren't impressed by everything you're about, but you put together uh, that firm in in what I would call rapid fashion. So so like in other words, how many employees do you have now? About thirty five. And that's I take it the high water mark. Thirty five. High water mark? No, it's got. I gotta no. double it. No, no. I mean, what does that mean? T- to date, I mean. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and you, and you. Now, you guys can't see Marla, but she's a young woman. I mean, um, you don't have to say how old you are, but you're like barely forty. So, um, and to do that in the amount of time, that you, to do that in the amount of time you did is very impressive. I mean, I'm looking at you guys. Is, is everybody with me on this? I mean. You know, the, the it, it takes to me. It t- I think it takes decades to build uh, a, a firm and, and a reputable one like that. So that's the question. How did you do it? I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> I wish I could answer it. You answer that question, yeah. and I don't know, give you like the steps. But you know, people always say that if you're, you know, Boston's such a sort of homegrown um, place, and you need to sort of be from here and have connections. And I moved here, and I didn't know anybody. Um, and then when I, I developed my my networks with law school, and then as soon as I graduated, everybody left, everybody moved to New York, so I didn't really have much left um, from that, so I just started sort of all over again um, when I graduated, and 
it's I scary know. in a city like this, isn't it? Because you, you do yeah. feel like you have to be tied in in order to get some traction. Yeah, you know, well. and so, but but at the same time, I think that I'm a perfect example of how it's, can I swear on this? It's yeah. It's kind of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Because, again, I knew nobody. I have no family here. I moved here with no friends. And, you know, I think you have to be, I think you have to put yourself out there. I think you have to be, do it in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people, you know, approach me and you can tell they're just, you know, looking for for ways to benefit for them and somebody that I used to work for I mean when I worked for other people for about four years before I started the company it was just it was so transparent that every conversation was about how is this benefiting me and I don't think I think when you when you think about how you can benefit other people it's if people feel it and there's an authenticity and I think people appreciate that Mm -hmm. but now you know what it's like to be me because I get these messages from very interesting people so-and-so called you he'd really like to talk to you and I think wow he wants to talk to me and I call him back he said do you know Marla Fogelman could you introduce me oh stop wait really that's what thank you (laughs) yeah great let me so get your number for you. You talked about relationships and it takes a long time to build them with the media and then you finally get that hit, right? So you're going to, after we listen to this, you're going to tell us how you placed this particular media hit. Take a listen to this. In Massachusetts, nearly 9,000 confirmed flu cases. Businesses are now trying to keep healthy workers on the job. Marlowe Marketing is going all natural, turning five o'clock happy hour Cheers, into a wheatgrass toast, even serving up kale salads with fresh garlic in hopes of boosting staff immune systems. I haven't been sick. I can't tell you the last time I took a sick day. And in Utah, health workers are preparing for the Sundance Film Festival. So that, that was probably about the extent they used to. Say, but that was a national news segment, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. And it suddenly, was you're an ex- suddenly you're an expert on kale salad and avoiding the flu and not being sick. So, and and you're going natural. I mean, wasn't that, wasn't that a line from The Devil Wears Prada? I mean, I never get sick. <laughs> I've never taken a sick day. Right. Get right. up to your get back to your desk, Anne Hathaway. So, yeah, like how, like uh, it was, that's just from your relationships with those uh, national reporters that they. No, you. but again, I mean, I think it comes back to authenticity. You know, I mean, the way that I've grown the practice, you know, and some people say, well, aren't you kind of too broad because you have so many so many spaces that you work in. Marketing. Sorry about that. And I keep hitting the Marlowe Marketing is going natural thing. It has a nice ring to it. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, and it, it again, it comes from finding the right people. And I think what I learned early on in my career, um, you know, I was fortunate enough for my first client um, was Starbucks Coffee. And, you know, while I wasn't curing cancer, you know, it was a good cup of coffee. And I could explain to somebody why and, and what they were doing. And um, when I was at another company and they tried to put me on an account that I just couldn't get behind, I think I realized for the first time that in order to be successful in PR, you really need to believe in and be passionate about whatever it is you're representing. And so my first employer used to call me out one time at a meeting. I was probably six months a year in. I'll staff 50 people around a room for marrying the client. And I was like, wait, what? I, I didn't marry anybody. Time out. But it, it's really that you know connection and, and really believing in the client and so I built the business and the divisions that we have today the eight divisions based on people's passions and so my health and wellness practice that's a space that I I'm a restaurant publicist that's how I started Um, and so but personal interest and passion for me is health and wellness and finding alternative ways to um, to let the body heal itself Mm -hmm. and so the wheatgrass and that was all something that we did and I don't know somebody said there was an something out there and we're like oh we should apply we should you know pitch ourselves for this and it came it came to that so the wellness series we we uh those of us in the room we attended the session on uh meditation 
Um, I'm not any calmer because of it, but I'm, Have you I'm been trying. meditating every day? I try. Have you been meditating every day? No. Well, then there you go. You can't come and not do it. But the health and wellness series, a perfect example. Look behind you right now. What are we looking at? There's a guy with no shirt on in, in the in this oh office building. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Where? Where? Right there. Right there. He's oh, nice. I don't have the angle. Oh, my God. What is he doing? That's so <laughs> weird. But so there's, and then there's another dude, and they're, what are they? I don't think I want to know what's going to happen next. I think he's ironing his shirt. No, no, that must be one of, it must be, he must be like a, a Jay Hilburn guy fitting, <laughs> fitting him for his shirt, right? Is that what's happening? I have no idea. <laughs> That's or awesome. He's, or he's I can't see from my insurance company physical where they have to take your blood pressure. That could be it. No, he's, the guy's handing him a shirt. Right. He's a shirt salesman. And these guys are waving to us. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the shirt, the shirtless guy's waving oh, to you now? Guy. Oh, oh a different guy. The shirtless guy has disappeared. He's hidden. He's hidden. All right. That's so funny. You yeah. never know what's going to happen on the Boston Podcast. <laughs> um, and Boston is a really exciting place. Can I just bring yeah, that <laughs> Meanwhile, Max just left the room. Is he going over to see what's going on or talk to the shirtless guy? Uh, so, uh, the Health and Wellness Series is a good example, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I'm always curious about, um, you know, learning more about health and wellness. And there's so many things that I don't know. I've just started seeing, and I've done acupuncture for years, but I just started seeing a new acupuncturist who actually incorporates craniosacral therapy, which I still don't really 100% know what that means. Um, and also, she's kind of a medium, and so she can actually feel. Anyway, it, so I'm always looking for new things, and so we said, well, why don't we, kind of selfishly, honestly, for myself, put together this series where it's open for my staff, so it gives them an opportunity. Because if I knew, if I knew 20 years ago what I know now, I'd be mm -hmm. even, you know, look even younger. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, you know, we put the series together last year, and we opened it to the public, and we've had some really great response. They so if people want to find out about that, can how, how yeah, they, they can go to marlomarketing.com backslash wellness. Okay. Um, yeah, and so then this the winter spring series is launching in February. We've got a hands-on raw chocolate making class in Ooh, the office hello. in February. Um, yeah, we've got that. We've got one on bone broth, which I don't really know too much about, but I was told this morning at the doctor, my alternative doctor, I should be drinking more of it. So I'm excited for bone that broth. one. And Can I just eat the chocolate? What does raw chocolate mean? So raw chocolate is, so chocolate's a health food. Um, it can be, oh. you know, when they <laughs> mix it with, you know, tons of sugar and milk and chemicals and all that, it, it becomes much less so. But so raw chocolate is... Um, I don't really exactly. It's like raw cacao powder, raw cocoa butter, mm -hmm. and you can make all sorts of different things with it. Mm -hmm. Cool. So. Uh, let's uh, let's take a break. More good chocolate talk on the other side. No, we'll uh, we might play a game with Marlo. Find out more about the secrets to her success. Try to get her to drop some names, all the famous people, and all these fancy circles that she travels in. And then um, we're going to enjoy some of this. Uh, what do we got here? Quinoa chips. Here's another one here. Seven quinoa yeah. chips. Yeah, uh -huh. that's one of our clients. They just came out with a new kale chip. It's the first kale potato chip. They're delicious. It's like the crunchiest thing in the world. Please join us on the other side, The Boston Podcast. Check us out online, thebostonpodcast.com. Hello, everybody. This is Jimmy Tingle, and you are listening to The Boston Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Boston Podcast. Please check us out online when you can at the Boston Podcast. 
dot com. So uh, we are talking with Marlo Fogelman, principal of Marlo Marketing, um, an amazing <coughs> marketing firm here in town. She's a power broker. She's important. Trust us. And we were just talking about your what are you you what are you looking at, Max? Her Instagram, Instagram. feed. So what? How, so uh, I gotta say, I don't. My son is an Instagram freak because I think the kids. He's only thirteen. Those kids that aren't allowed on Facebook, most of them anyway. So, but they they figured out Instagram is a good end around. I don't get. Are you on Instagram? I'm not. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know what it is. So, but you use it for uh, for your company. What do you use it for? Yeah, I use it for the company. I mean, yeah. you know, when social media first started, everybody was, oh, I have to be on every channel. And it's really not. You have to think about how the channel, it's the same way with all the other marketing tools, right? Whether it's advertising or media relations or trade shows or whatever it is. So social media, are, you know, for us, when I feel like we've kind of been on the cutting edge of it um, with our newsletter, you guys know Marla Monthly. So I started it's that. It's an excellent in, newsletter, yeah. I started that in January of 2005. Mm -hmm. 2005. Um, about six months after I started the company. And the reason I started it was because when the media, they're going to control. They're gonna, you want somebody to write about something three weeks in advance, they're going to say, oh, it's Saturday, we'll write about it Friday. And does it really help the client drive anything, drive tickets, drive sales, drive, drive butts and seats? No, because nobody has time to plan. So we said, well, why don't we just get rid of the media? We have all this really cool information. We already had a pretty strong list of influencers at the time. But we knew it had to be really engaging, really funny, really witty, have a voice, have a point of view. And so that's gone out every month since, and people love it. We've won tons of awards. We've gotten tons of business for our clients from it. And then when blogs started getting popular, people were like, oh, my God, we love your newsletter. You should write a blog. And what am I going to write a blog about? But there's really no yeah. point, right? you got to be thoughtful about what you're doing. And again, going back to that authenticity. And then one day I had the idea. I said, oh, why don't we have a blog where all my staff can write about whatever they want. I was actually just uh, doing the blogs for next week before I came over here. I've got Kylie Kardashian. I've got some guy named Bill on the internet. I've got, um, I can't remember what else, what else is there this week, but just all sorts of random things that are trendy and we've oftentimes written about something in our blog that then three weeks later, a month later, um, mainstream media covers. And so again, it's about sort of being you know, knowing what's going on, you know, in the world, pop culture, trends. Mm -hmm. So blogs are still alive because blogs they are totally. But if you're yeah. going to do a blog, you got to do it well. Our blog yeah. goes out every day, five, Monday through Friday, five days yeah. a week. Mm -hmm. And nothing worse than the blog you see that the last entry was April 2015. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and the same thing with social. You know, we're not in every channel, or I think we are on Pinterest, but cut that out. Um, you know, we're on <laughs> we're on Facebook, we're on uh, so on uh, Twitter, we're on. Um, Instagram, but I haven't gotten to the world of Snapchat yet. Do we really need to be on Snapchat? Is Pinterest really that important? Mm. Google Plus was a bit, you know, so you've got to figure out what channels work for, for, People your, use for your business People to needs. market? Uh, that surprises yeah. me. Yeah, uh, Snapchat's the whole, been, the, been a big new one. But the whole point is that the, the message disappears after mm -hmm. you see it, right? So what good is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Drive urgency to see the message, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to play a game tomorrow. I hope you're ready. It's called the five-minute drill. And um, you're going to have to field questions from the, the esteemed panel here. Keep your answers brief. There are no uh, right or wrong answers. Are there right or wrong answers? Are there? I suppose. We'll let you know. Anyway, uh, be prepared because here it is, the five-minute drill. The five-minute drill. Time is very precious to me. Put that coffee down. It's about honor. It's about respect! In any fight, 
It's the guy who's willing to die who's gonna win that itch. You were meant to be here tonight. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. All right, do you have the chills, Marla? Totally. Yeah, totally. she's checking her yeah, phone. Yeah. Uh, all right, so here we go. The five-minute drill. Uh, who would like to start? Sarah, would you like to start? Do you have a question? Favorite thing to do when you're not working? Walk around cities. <laughs> I don't know. I love I, that that's, that's, that's a good, good answer. answer. Yeah. That's good. Perfectly yeah. fine yeah. answer. Yeah. All right. Matt? Uh, it's a, quite a coincidence. What's your favorite city to walk around? Paris. <laughs> Paris. Oh, okay. nice. Um, what did you say? She's going to follow up on her answer. Oh, I didn't know that. I just did that. I was in Paris and Rome over New Year's, and all I did was walk awesome. around the city. And what was that like, like on being there? And uh, where were you in New Year's I Eve? I was Europe? in Rome for New Year's Eve. How was that? It was great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love Europe. Um, uh, okay, role models. You guys. <laughs> yeah, very good. Okay. Any others? Competing no? Answer. No. No? All right. Sarah? Favorite spectator sport? I don't really like to be a spectator. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, for me, it's I'm not a huge sports person, but I love to go anywhere where I'm with fun people and have a good time. So whether going to a Sox game or watching tennis, as long as I'm with people that I, that I like, it's fun. All right. Uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Terms of Endearment. Oh, my God. Oh. That's an easy one. Oh, shoot. That's an easy one. <laughs> Wait, that's not terms of um, What is that's your... That's Bruce Willis, right? No. And he's like... No. no. <laughs> they're, they're terrorists. And, yeah, terms of endearment. Take these terms of endearment and shove it. Um, <laughs> Give me the detonators now. Oh, or I'll right, cry. Rest in peace, Hans, Hans Gruber. Yeah, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Um, <laughs> we just turned that into die, a diehard chat. Uh, what's your uh, most typical Starbucks order? Just a coffee, black coffee. <laughs> wow, for someone in marketing, you're so colorful. No, I used uh, to drink a lot of soy lattes, but I've stopped drinking soy, so now I, yeah. Okay, good. Somebody's not drinking soy. That makes me happy. Sarah? Favorite drink off the menu at Tavern Road? <laughs> I don't know if the Pisco Sour is still on the menu, but I know that you're a big fan of your. I'm sure, I mean, you can what? still get it even if it's not on the menu. Oh, that was, that's Sarah, oh. that's your Sarah. favorite. Believe it it's the first time I've ever heard of that drink. Is when we were there. What's it called again? A pisco sour. Which is pisco what? Sour. It's pisco, which is a grape that grows only in Chile or Peru, mm -hmm. and it's mixed with uh, sour, simple right. syrup, ice, and a raw egg. Oh, what? Seriously? And lime and lime juice. Sorry. And it's just outstanding. That's how and it gets there are only two places in the city of Boston where they can make it. That's not. Wine. Wait, where's the other one? Carination. No, no. Eastern mm -hmm. Standard would kill it. The Hawthorne would kill it. There's a lot. Drink would kill it. There's a lot of places that can. Art Science Cafe. Wouldn't be able to do it. I don't know. I don't You'd know. be surprised. There are a lot of places that turn their nose up and say anything. Ooh, anything with an egg. I'm not touching that. Right. Uh, yeah. Salmonella. She's All got right. it. She's got to get out a little bit more. <laughs> Boston that is great. That is for scene. sure, That's Marla. No. <laughs> no. I will bet you money on that. All right. We should do a night. We can go around and order pisco <gasps> sours. Sounds all right. Nice. What's well, I'm jumping in here. What's the uh, best place in Boston for a cocktail? The Hawthorne. Eastern Wait. Standard. What Do I not know the Hawthorne? It's right next to Eastern It's right next to Eastern Standard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. I like Eastern Standard. Okay, I want you to, to identify a brand that's that's local to Boston that you do not represent that you think gets marketing right. 
That's a good question, but it's not a That's the only kind I like to ask, Marlon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure your clients feel the same way. Can I come back to that? Yes, you can skip that one. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? I don't eat breakfast cereal. Did you ever as a kid? have a fa- shredded wheat. I don't know. Frosted mini weeds. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Who the heck eats frosted mini weeds? Those are great. Nuts, They're delicious. Great. I'm, re-eva- nuts a lot. I'm reevaluating you completely. The f- I mean, the, the fruit I don't really nuts, eat cereal. Any, fr- any answer other than Lucky Charms is sort of disappointing. I heard they make Lucky Charms with just the marshmallows. I've heard which that is, too. That yeah. just, that I think somebody wrote a blog post about yeah. that. Oh, did one they? One of my staff. That's how I know about that. Yeah. That's like... Um, First of all, anyone who gives that to their kids, it's like, how hyped up is that kid going to be after a whole bowl full of marshmallows? For but one hour well, exactly. Like, yeah. Let me just say, when Lucky Charms rebranded themselves and um, bragged that they every bowl has, whatever, 12 grams of protein, Mr. Worley was quite excited because this now justified <laughs> one of his bad habits. Lucky, gra- Lucky Charms has 12 grams of protein? They so probably threw the protein say. in there. Bullshit. Like, so yeah. they say. But it was, so, yeah. that whole cereal was, it was just work, work to eat the, those, whatever, those those tasteless, crunchy things to get to the uh, the marshmallows. Yes. Okay. Do you have a question? Sure. Uh, last book you read? Trying to remember. I have a lot of books going on all at, at one time. Um, I read a book, Detroit, mm-hmm. by Charlie LaDuff. That was a really interesting book mm-hmm. about my hometown. Um, I'm going out of order again. Matt, it's Max's turn. What's your What's your Good. favorite thing about your hometown? About a minute Detroit. Right now, it's rena- it's Renaissance. It's awesome. I mean, I was there in September. Uh, Crane's Detroit Business does a, they started it two years ago called Detroit Homecoming, and they invite um, successful expats who are living in other parts of the country to come back for this weekend. And I mean, it was the governor was there, the mayor was there. Um, what's the guy's name who owns Quicken Loans, uh, who's like basically putting the money in and, and mm-hmm. renovating the whole city. There were all sorts of crazy sports legends there. Just the, the, the interest and the passion about refueling that city is, it's inspiring. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Brain drain real Go for a weekend. There. It's literally, go to Detroit yeah. for the weekend. Um, we got to finish up. We're at the close of the five minute drill here. Last question from me. What, um, what's your favorite thing about this city? Mm. Why didn't you leave? <laughs> You're gonna pass on this one too. You got no. a question. You have a question. You have a question, so she can end with I a bang. I have an answer for her. Okay. Because you know, why, I can answer why Sarah I didn't leave. Decided that I how could she possibly leave? Because I'm here. Why didn't you leave? You know, it's this is so. This is a funny story. When I applied to law school, I only applied to Boston University and American University. I didn't really want to live in D.C., but I really wanted to live in Boston, and I don't know why. But I just had this sense that I really wanted to live here. And one of the essays I wrote was why it was kismet that I was meant to live in Boston. And my dad wrote, he's like, you're an idiot. They're never going to let you in. They're going to think you're a freak. <laughs> and I got in, and there was just something. I must have, I don't know. I think I lived here in a past life, and I and I just, I love it here. Excellent. Well, Marlo, you're awesome. We've already, the, the moral of the story is Marlo's awesome. So if you want to learn more about what Marlo does, go to Marlo, Mar, Marlo Marketing, just MarloMarketing.com. MarloMarketing.com, M-A-R-L-O. She's just, she's on the cusp of surpassing Marlo Thomas as the most famous Marlo ever. Is there, is there any others? Can you think of one? I can't. Um, did you have fun, Marlo? 
I had a great time. Thank Good. you so much for the invitation. Good. We're all going to stay until we finish all of this Farmer Willie's ginger beer and the chips. Max, get started. Look at uh, all, find all of our past episodes of the Boston Podcast at thebostonpodcast.com. Please tell a friend. Please like us, subscribe to us. If there's something on the screen that's a button that looks like it's a good thing, just hit it, please. Please indulge us. We have egos. See you next time.